0: This is Listen Up Homebuyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents. And now, here's your host, Victoria Ray Henderson.
1: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for taking the time to join me on Listen Up Homebuyers. It's a video and podcast, and this is episode two of how NABA members are helping home during the pandemic. Um, my guests are all members of the National Association of Exclusive Buyer Agents from across the country. Our brokerages uh, don't have listings to sell. Uh, we don't represent sellers. We are, as our name says, exclusive buyer agents. I'd like to introduce um, our panel today. Um, we'll start off in New York City with Gia Ellica. He is the owner and principal broker of Ellica, a New York City exclusive buyer brokerage. Uh, he's in NoHo. He serves Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Long Island, and the Hamptons. Hey, Gia. Hey, Victoria. Then we have Andy DeFelice. She's a broker with Exclusive Buyer Realty, and they serve buyers in the Savannah, Georgia area. Hi. Hi, Andy. And then we have Nicolina Lecic. She is the broker owner of Exclusive Buyers Real Estate in Rochester, Minnesota. Hi, Nicolina. Hi, Victoria. And Dave Twombly, an Exclusive Buyer Agent with Four Buyers Real Estate in Massachusetts. Hey, Dave. Hey, Victoria. And just so everyone knows, we are waiting for our associate Benjamin Clark. He is the principal broker with Home Buyer Representation in Salt Lake City, Utah. He's not with us right now, but uh, hopefully he'll he'll jump in here. I guess it's a little early for him um, out west. So um, I, I basically thought we could kick off the conversation with a report that was released by the Consumer Federation of America back in January 2020, and it was. Um, I thought a really fascinating report and it analyzed the different kinds of real estate disclosures about agent representation and they covered the entire country. And they said that um, the report found that, that that different state disclosure laws across the country use 50 different terms. That's Mm -hmm. five zero different terms to identify seven possible agent roles that could be used to describe the way people are represented in a transaction. And I found that to be shocking. Um, But in addition, they backed it up by saying that there was a survey done back in 2018 by Consumer Federation of America. And they they found that 2 thirds of people who took the survey said, my real estate agent always or almost always uh, represents my interests, whether they were interviewing the buyer or the seller. so I kind of wanted to get your opinion on this idea of how confusing it is, um, these different laws about representation. Um, Nicolina, maybe I could start with you. What are your thoughts on that? I
2: Thank you, Victoria. I do really find every time that I start working with a potential buyer or a customer that they are confused. They really don't know much about real estate. They don't know anything about representation. They're inclined to call the sign that's in front of the house that says for sale with uh, another agent's name, thinking that that agent can represent them as well. So I think there is a lot of confusion. And then when you pass them the disclosure that's at least two pages long in Minnesota, it's two pages long um, agency disclosure. They just don't feel like they need to read it they don't feel like they need to understand it they expect agent to explain it to them Mm -hmm. and traditional agents usually don't take their time to really explain it in detail i've had situations that some buyers would start working with a traditional agent and then they were not satisfied with the way the interaction was going so they would call me and i would need to explain to them if you are working already with an agent, you need to find a way to cancel that agreement if you can, and then we can start working. And then they would bring me these documents. And many times I would see that actually agency disclosures, it was circled buyer's broker. When in fact, you can't do that in Minnesota, dual agency is legal. And many traditional agents, of course, can be in a situation to represent both sides. Mm-hmm. And these, and actually, this buyer was about to buy a property that was listed by that agent. So that was complete misrepresentation, and they didn't understand. And I always, even to this day, I'm puzzled why that was circled, because you usually don't even circle anything on a disclosure. You try to explain it, and the potential buyer needs to either sign it or just decline just some kind of uh, statement that they've seen it. So they understand it. But yes, I think there is a lot of confusion. That's why we do what we do. That's why we come in and represent 100% have loyalty for home buyers. with complete fiduciary duties for them. And I think in those ways, there is no misunderstanding whose side we represent and whose interest, whose best interest we have in mind. So... Mm-hmm. That would be my view
1: on, yeah. Um, I, you know, and, and thanks. And Gia, yeah, I'm curious, in New York City, um, and I know the market is crazy there, wh- what's your story with this? I mean, are people confused when they come to you or do, do they find you and know that you are going to be representing their best interests?
0: Yeah, I, I'm i not sure as much that they are confused as that they're not aware Mm-hmm. um and there, there's been great progress i have to say the state's done an amazing job in the last decade because there was no disclosure for a long long time so when we first started out there was you know it was like what are you a buyer's agent what does that mean so life's changed where people understand what a buyer's agent is to a degree um they don't necessarily understand the duties that are involved and that are supposed to be extended and there's dilution in what a buyer's agent is, I think. Um, so, the, if confusion, yes, to a degree. Um, I- exclusive buyer's agency isn't defined. So, in New York State, we have buyer's agency defined, and so that leaves room for error.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Yeah. And, Andy, what's the story in your
3: state? I mean, do you have run across this a lot? Uh, but it's funny, in Georgia, our, our disclosure, our agreement is called an exclusive buyer representation. That's what the state of Georgia's attorneys came up. So we have exclusive buyer representation. We have exclusive seller representation. Problem with that is anybody can sign that as a buyer's agent. The word exclusive in that particular document is useless if you're talking to a agent or signing it as a buyer's agent because they can't exclusively. And when I talk to consumers, and I have more so lately found that the younger consumers are interviewing agents. They'll talk to two or three different ones. And when they interview me, I just say, here's a question I want you to ask any agent that you're interviewing. Do you take listing? And if the answer is yes, what if after we've developed a relationship, you've got my pre-qualification letter from my lender, you know what my needs and interests are, the house I want to buy ends up being one that you have listed. What's going to happen then? Because now I'm emotionally involved with you, you're emotionally involved with me. What do we and I said just give them a minute, let them answer that question, and then be very thoughtful mm-hmm. about how they answer. You can ask me that question, and my answer will be that never will happen. Because I'm never gonna represent a seller, there'll never be an opportunity mm-hmm. to buy a house that I have some other vested. We don't even allow our agents in our company to list their own homes. They have to put them with a the listing agent. Yeah, same list house period in the conversation. So I think it's a matter of helping the consumer understand that relationship, and, and how they could potentially be harmed by someone having all of their information, and then also representing. Them. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Dave Twombly, um, dive in here. What what's it like in Massachusetts? What's happening where you are?
4: Well, you know, I, in Massachusetts, I, I feel like we are a uh, the home of, of Elizabeth Warren, where a consumer protection state. Um, and I think, you know, by the time, you know, listen to what um, what you guys were saying, by the time people filter to us and get to us, I think they they know that we are exclusive buyer agents. You know, this is a referral business, right? So people are referring their friends, they're talking about us. So by the time they filter up to us, you know, they may not understand all the the, the differences and the intricacies, but they know at least that we are called exclusive buyer agents and they know, you know, they think they know what that is. Um, You know, I, I read through our agent, the state agency disclosure before this phone call. um, And uh, I guess I'm going to, I mean, I think there is always, there's confusion. Like I've had traditional agents who were trying to you know, hire me away at, you know, a big, well-known agency that we've all heard of say, Oh, well, you can be an exclusive buyer agent if you work here. And I'm like, no, I I can't because you take listings and they didn't that didn't really compute even amongst our colleagues in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but like from from our perspective, and I'm going to give credit to my broker. I mean, she has just drilled this into us so uh, yeah, as pretty much the single most important thing we do when we start a conversation is to make people understand that we're buyer agents and we disclose right away and you know we take it seriously that and I say this in every new client potential phone call, I can't even discuss a specific property with you until I disclose that I'm a buyer's agent,
3: mm-hmm.
4: um, not go to a property but we even say discuss specifically. And you know I, I, when I read the article and I read the quote, you know for me, um, I, I didn't really understand where the confusion lied, I think because I'm biased from my own perspective that we have we drill this into our anybody that we talk to, immediately so it is not a a non-issue i mean it's it's a Mm non-issue at least for our consumers but you know as i said being recruited by other agencies you know many of our colleagues don't even understand what it is right right yeah and we're such a niche right as exclusive buyer agents where you know we're like a the pink unicorn right we're so we're so niche that a lot of people don't understand how how we work or how this works um but uh yeah i don't feel like i run into those
1: issues really mhm you mean issues of people not knowing who you represent yeah.
4: you know i mean every every uh, yes I, I don't feel that people at least by the time certainly by the time they filter up to us that we are that they're confused and you know every time we go into uh, an open house there's always on the dining room or kitchen table like notice perspective sellers i represent the seller in this transaction and mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's because we're, like I said, we are a consumer protection state that this is so evidently clear or it's drilled into all of us, but um, I haven't really felt it as as an issue
1: yeah i I cover three three areas. I cover Maryland, Virginia, and d c and depending on where I am, I have definitely felt that uh, people were confused hmm. I have, I've been in an open house with my clients and watched people um, pepper questions at the person who's at the open house um, and that and I've watched that person, and they're typically not the, the listing agent for the property, they're typically working for the brokerage. Right. And they'll say, um, they'll, they'll answer all these questions. Um, and, and frequently, they'll talk about other listings that they have while they're at this open house. And you just, again, depending on, I do Virginia, Maryland, and DC. And depending on where I am, I'm just kind of like, wow you know and the poor person there is just saying well can you tell me um you know is there any flooding in the basement and is there asking all these questions you know and uh and, and they have a sign right there i mean sometimes they'll have a sign right there saying you know we represent the seller but somehow it doesn't really kind of filter in mm-hmm. um so um i i, I personally do f- i i agree with this consumer federation of america report where you know I don't think a lot of people take the time to understand it because they just want to trust that if you're in this business, you're going to always be looking out for their best interest, not realizing that if somebody has already signed an agreement with someone listing a property, they're committed to that person. You know, that that's it. That's their first commitment. Um, for those of you listening, we're going to share a link to this report, um, uh, at, at, you know, in the description. So, um, So anybody want to add anything more to that? Um,
3: the the whole idea of representation? I think one thing I found in in my business, Anna, is when I'm talking to new respective clients, they don't really grasp that we are real estate agents. Mm -hmm. Once we start talking about exclusive buyer representation, they're like, well, how are you different from a a real real estate agent? I'm like, well, I am a real real estate agent. (laughs) It's just that I choose to specialize in one side of the transaction only. So there is some confusion even once you throw in what we do and how specialized we are that we aren't necessarily not as trained as a real real estate agent. There's just some disconnect as to who we are. And then, of course, the conversation of compensation always comes up. You're an exclusive buyer agent. How do you get paid? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, in our our company, we don't charge our sellers. I mean, our buyers any kind of fee. I know it's different across the country, but then we get into that explanation as to how we actually get there, and there's a cooperation between the listing. It. It's just funny right. the misconceptions. Mm.
0: The, uh, if I can say something, Andy just opened up my mind there because the the question of commission. Yeah. I view the buyer's agent as paying the commission regardless. I mean, the buyer, sorry, paying the commission regardless. Right. So, so they're either paying to get something or they're paying not to get something. And I find it very hard to argue paying for something you're not getting. So uh, once you explain to them that you know, what your obligations are to them and it's clear, and, and it doesn't have to be worthy. It's quite simple, really. Right. It's undivided loyalty, um, fiduciary duty, um, to account, and uh, you know, 100% of the time, it's it's not confusing once you explain it to them. But I, it, you know, you know, it's a big web. Real estate is a big web, and unfortunately, it's disconnected throughout the country. So there's no there's no unified MLS throughout the country, nor is there a unified agency disclosure throughout the country. So if someone's relocating from one state to another, well, they may be educated on. Their procedures, and then they they're flying blind into the new state where there seems to be a lot of movement right now because of COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but you know, I do agree that when when buyers come to us, I think they're they're engaging in an educated real estate transaction, and I almost feel as if our buyers are more educated when when they come to us at the end, and when they do filter through, like Dave said. Um, and the, you know the messaging really is is supposed to be clear otherwise they won't reach out to us so i think they once they they it's clear then they're, they're ready to proceed
1: yeah have you ever had to educate a, a buyer guia have they come to you and asked you hey how are you different from a traditional real estate agent i mean what do you, yeah, how do you break yeah, it we, well there's so
0: many articles now so i think it's great that you know there's a lot of content out there that discusses you know what you should ask a real estate agent and and then they'll break it down between listing and buyer's agent So a lot of buyers I find come with questions in hand They're very well versed on what they should ask I find that that's changed tremendously over over the two decades even a decade where buyers I think today are much more educated than they've ever been I agree. Um, um, From where I sit um, and and at that point it's a pleasure because you're not really dealing with minute issues. You're, you're dealing with the bigger picture of finding the home. Mm-hmm. You know, once they understand that, you know, they've you've got their back, and and so I think it's just really communications in being able to define, express, and communicate what you do as quickly as possible, and then they're comfortable, and then they know they're pay, they're they're paying for something and they're getting it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nicolina, um, I'm going to jump to my next big question for everybody. Um, Is there dual agency in Minnesota? Yes. Yeah. Dual agency, it's legal. It's done on a daily basis. And I
2: think that also brings confusion to the point that people feel they are represented 100% of the time, regardless if they work with one agent that also is actually representing the seller. Um, Exclusive buyer agency in Minnesota is not common. I know a few agents in Twin Cities. I'm the only one in my area. I used to work for a broker. From the beginning when I got my license in 2006, I started right away to work with a broker who was exclusive buyer broker because I wanted to find an itch. I wanted something different. It was huge competition. I came from different area, so I needed something different. And he was the only one. But then when I gain enough experience and I wanted to start my own business, he told me that broker, I have enough buyers now that want to sell. I'm going to start listing. Ah. And so right now I'm the only one. Yes, but dual agency is very common in Rochester and Minnesota in general. It's done on a daily basis. Um, people, again, they just, I don't think they understand enough to know that they are not represented and there is a conflict of interest that the agent that represents either if if there are two agents for the same broker or one agent representing both sides, it's still dual agency and they just go with it because they are told this is the best we can do for you. And um, it's it's almost like a, a, an attorney in divorce case representing both sides and, and people just don't connect those dots.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So, so just so everybody who's listening understands, dual agency is when you've got a real estate agent, one real estate agent who's working both with a buyer uh, and the person who's selling the house. And so um, typically they've already come into a, a situation where they've have a signed agreement with the seller. And now they're telling the buyer that they can work and cover their best interests as well. And then you also mentioned something what we call in our area, I don't know what everybody calls it. Well, I'll ask, but the the designated, you know, agent, the designated broker. And that's when you've got, I'm going to use like an umbrella. You've got a a brokerage and you've got two agents, one representing the buyer, one representing the seller, but they work under that same umbrella. Um, So uh, let's go around, you know, Dave Twombly, have you got it? Uh, dual agency in Massachusetts? Yeah.
4: Yeah, we sure do. And uh, it's funny when Nicolina was, was uh, talking, I don't know if you guys had the same feeling, but every time I look through like a property that's sold and I see it's the same agency, I always get the little, <sighs> <and laughs> every, I'm like,
2: Ooh,
4: that poor buyer. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it certainly happens here um, uh, daily all the time. You know, it's, it's not, Uncommon or infrequent and I don't know I always I always feel bad for those buyers when I when I see that Same agent listed twice on the sale and the purchase and
3: mm-hmm. you know
4: I I wish somebody would want to grab him by the lapel like I wish somebody told
1: you Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But yeah,
0: it happens here all the time every day.
1: How about you Gio? What's what's it like in New York City?
0: Yeah, yeah dual, dual, dual agencies come in practice, you know, I, I I don't fight with it as much as I used to um, I uh, most mo- today, a lot of I find we we've been very lucky. We get a lot of lot of educated buyers that spend some time on the internet. They we, they run into us. They they find us, and um, I, I have great relationships with some brokers that do do dual agency. Now, not all of them do the wrong thing. The difference is exclusive buyer's agency. That's the real defining moment. Right. And you know the, if if they have a client that. Needs their services and they already have a relationship, then they're extending their agency as far as they can go to service that. So I respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're entering the market, you know, we have buy. we have home buyers, first-time home buyers, we have investors. Um, and the people that come to us really want definitive agency. They, they don't want the confusion. They don't want there to be any, <laughs> any question of. By, by the time that we've had the discussion, they're ready to just find a home. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, I think communications, education, the, I can't stress it more. It's something that, that I think most buyers these days seek and instead of just dialing a number on the internet, which they happen to do a lot obviously, or they send an email, um, I think they pause now. I think they pause a little bit to make sure their understanding of the market, especially the data, Mm -hmm. because at the moment the market is moving like I've never seen. There's micro markets within micro markets, and you know, you have pockets of strength and then real distress. And so how is a buyer to understand that if you're not on the front line, it's almost impossible. It's, it's hard enough for us to keep up with
1: it. Right, right.
0: So once you once they – I feel that once they've been in the market for a while, I think it's a, we're a breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you've got Great. agency, right, Andy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think sometimes that – what I think really sets us apart um, is our – is the advocacy? You know how we how we really? Um, I think because it's almost like a different kind of mindset. Because we don't ever really have anything that we're pushing on anybody. You know, we go into every house almost looking for everything wrong, right? You know, we kind of go through we're like, all right, what's wrong? What's wrong? And 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 after we come out of the basement, which is always the place where there's things that are wrong. You know, the the, the moisture smell or whatever we work our way up and then we're like, okay, you know, and then we start kind of evaluating. And I think when you're with people and you're doing that, they're kind of like, wait, what? You know, you're not waiting out in the car while I run through the house and, and we go to the next place. So I think I think that does kind of set us apart in that we've got nothing really to sell but our services mm-hmm. and quality of, of, of work that we provide.
3: You know what I mean? I, I tell my work. buyers we walk in the front door, I'm going to point out more negatives positives because you're going to be blinded by this great wall of shiplap or whatever, <laughs> and all these wonderful things that you see so I'm going to be the one looking for the settling cracks in the walls and looking for the mold and the right. weird smells so I let them know I'm not trying to kill a deal I'm just looking I've been doing this for 27 years I know what I'm looking for and I'm looking for things that are wrong mm-hmm. before we get emotionally invested or financially invested mm-hmm. you appreciate it
4: you're obviously a, a, a much nicer person than I am because I often tell my clients that part of my goal is to crush their hopes and dreams.
3: <laughs> oh no, I, we can't talk to people like that in Georgia. Do they don't. They cry. We are well, you're well, you're so a soft-spoken. Well, that have to a positive attitude. I often
4: tell. Uh, I, I often tell the story when I'm talking to new new clients about um, my broker. Basically, I, my broker didn't let me talk to anybody by myself for like a year. I followed one, <laughs> around everywhere and. Uh, after a couple of weeks when I, in my first couple of weeks doing this, you know, I, we were going through a house and I said to her, it's like, Rhoda, it seems like you're trying to, to dissuade everybody from buying houses. So how do you make a living doing this? <laughs> um, and it's true. Like, and mm-hmm. I tell people we're going to, I'm going to, if you love a place, I'm going to point out all the flaws. And if you hate a place, I'm going to point out all the things that you told me you liked in a house that this place has. And right. we don't care what house you buy. We care that you buy the right house.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
4: I think when you tell people that, you know, as Gia was saying, like the, the consumers, I mean, they appreciate it. People are are, are more educated and they know, or like you said like, we're not selling anything. Right. Like, I'm not trying to push anything on you. I'm trying to find you the right house and I'm willing to rip apart this house that you love because I don't care about a quick commission. I want you to buy a good house and then go tell all your friends about me.
3: Right.
1: right. Gia, were you going to say something? I saw you.
0: No, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it's really about relationship and, and if, if you provide the depth in service that we do and I believe that we all do because we take the time to, to really understand what we do and specialise in it, right? It's hard enough to do two things at one time and dual agents are juggling like clowns essentially, you know, and I, I find it hard to juggle. I can't juggle. So for me, it's, it's, when I'm focused, I wake up with one mindset. That's to find a home for my client. Mm-hmm. And my my client can focus on everything else in their life, and there's plenty to do um and that's just that that simplicity them knowing that i'm not in five two worlds three whatever i'm doing i'm not listing i'm run, not running open houses i'm not i'm not farming i'm doing one thing i'm waking up looking for a home mm-hmm. yeah.
4: actually, i actually have a question for for you guys about dual agency there are a number of agents. In, in my area, listing agents who won 't work both sides, so we have some uh, especially on this sort of independent broker side, like they feel you know weird and not good about doing both sides of a transaction so we are we have uh, an independent brokerage that does both sides that we are, we are close friends with, and they will often if somebody comes into their listings or, or to an open house unrepresented they 'll call me and they say, "Hey, can you?" Can you handle this for us? Because we're not going to do both sides, which is awesome for me, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know there are certainly a handful of agents around here that don't feel don't feel good at that, about doing both sides of transaction. I wonder if you guys see yeah. the same thing.
1: We do. We have we have a friend. Um, our kids swam on the same swim team, and he is exactly like that. So mm-hmm. you know, he'll he uh, he won't represent uh, somebody who comes to his open house, and he won't let his his brokerage. So yeah. Uh, how about you, Nicolina? I haven't come across yet an (laughs) agent, a
2: buyer that walks into open house in Minnesota, or um, it's referred by, or just comes to them seeing the sign in front of the house. um, Yeah, they would just go for it, and and just to kind of add to the conversation before, um, I recently had a situation. um, It was really we have lack of inventory for the whole season in Rochester, and. There was a house with a huge crack and on a side of foundation, and you can see it from outside. And then when you walk on the floor, it really slopes. You, you visibly, and I, I actually get busy, and I point these things to the buyer. And, and, told, and we were in a rush. My buyer was in a rush to, to really find something. And I pointed these things, and I said, this is really of concern. We, you really need to be aware of it. And so she said, okay, let's move on. Let's look for another one. And within a half of a day, the house receives multiple offers and bypasses inspection. Oh, my God. And have. really, I cringe when I see that because that's not representation of the mm-hmm. buyer. That's not working in buyer's best interest. Mm-hmm. That's really pushing the buyer into unforeseen situation for future problems and so forth. And I think this is what our buyers really realize and appreciate. And that's why they refer us to other people um, when, when they really do experience this and see the difference.
4: Do you guys see that a lot? Are people waiving home inspections a lot in your areas, in your markets?
2: I've seen it, yes. I've seen it a lot just because of the lack of inventory. We had multiple offers throughout the season at least five, we were going, it's, it's really crazy, 20 25,000 on a very low price home above and we still wouldn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yes, and then people, the best thing they do is uh, they just decline inspection and that, that actually works so most of the time in their favor uh, because yep. the not doesn't want to deal with any kind of inspection, especially if they know there
3: is a problem at the house. Andy, what were you going to add? You were saying... Oh, um, I was just, we haven't had, that I'm aware of, buyer's weight inspections or appraisals yet. We may get there. Our inventory got real tight about six weeks ago. Now it's starting to loosen back up a little bit. Not sure why, but we are seeing more new listings coming up. Some of the listings that have aged a bit are finally getting into where they need to be price-wise because of sellers, when they realize what happened... We're way up there on the prices, and now people are getting realists, but I've not seen, and I would never allow a buyer to inspection or an appraisal. Mm -hmm.
1: But I know it's happening. Well, we do, uh, we actually have, it's really competitive here in in D.C., and we actually do something called the pre-contract home inspection, when somebody really wants to buy a house. Um, we, we have, um, they'll say the deadline for our contract reviews is maybe Tuesday, and if we have a client who really wants to be competitive, we go in with uh, one or two home inspectors and do uh, the home inspection so that they can basically purchase the house and know that everything is basically all right, but they can't, they can't negotiate anything on repairs. And then mm-hmm. when we write the offer. We write the offer mm-hmm. without the home inspection contingency, and that moves us right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, some buyers have wanted to waive the appraisal. Um, a lot of people have deep pockets around here, and um, and so far we haven't. That hasn't been something that we recommended. Kia, I'd love to hear what's happening with you. I mean, talk about well, deep so
0: pockets. It's choose your battle. You know, what are you going to what are you going to leverage in your negotiation? You know, so how, how much can go wrong with that particular property that it's worth tying in a contingency on an inspection? You know, is it worth it? You know, maybe I can get you more without the contingency. You know, and there's less, and even if you have to do something. So, it's I guess it depends on the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, we transact in a lot of apartments, condos, co-ops. Um, they need a home inspection, but you can't really open up the wall and check what the plumbing's right. made of. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, you, yeah. you can see the basement of a building and see if the if it smells of rodents, you'll know if it smells of yeah, the little the little the little furry things, mm-hmm. um, you know, or if it's you know not maintained very well, and then you'll get access to the roof, so you'll you'll understand how the building is and the health of the building and services, and if they're you know if they're using the money and putting it back into the building and doing it effectively. Um, but within the four walls, there's not much that you can really. In a contingency in an apartment, it's, it's not worth it. If in a in a townhouse, it's worth it yeah. because in the townhouse you're dealing with foundation, you're dealing with structure. Um, an age you know in a building even though it ages you know the the the, the community the condo board or the co-op or takes mm-hmm. care of everything outside of the mm-hmm. apartment so the hallways the landings the elevators that you're responsible for that in paying for the reno but you don't have to deal with that
1: so you, uh, yeah. you have a review period right that for that your buyer can get out of a deal after they review the condo oh,
0: yeah we 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 go to contract differently to other states whereas there's no escrow. So you upon an accepted offer and a deal sheet will go out and then you've got five to seven business days for due diligence. And Mm. so when I, I I use home inspections in two ways. I don't want to give away everything because if any home (laughs) sellers are listening, then they're going to know everything. (laughs) Um, So so there's ways that I use it in my negotiation that's advantageous when needed, if needed.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. We'll keep your secret.
2: (laughs) I just would like to add, Victoria, it was interesting when you mentioned that you come in with a buyer to view the home and you bring inspectors in. Yeah. Um, We have very limited time when when the market is competitive. Mm -hmm. They give us 15 minutes to look. Mm -hmm. And that's all we get. And we really need because usually there is a line of agents with buyers waiting in front of the house. Yeah. So there is really no time to bring the inspector or anybody. That In Minnesota, you really don't need to have a licensed inspector, anybody who understands the house or structure or can do some type of inspection. And um, and the purchase agreement, if it's contingent on inspection, then if you decide to cancel it, you have based on the inspection time frame. Wow. But, but that's that's really different than, than oh, what depends. the market dictates around here.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anybody want to add any last-minute thoughts that we didn't cover, anything that you want to make sure the world knows about you? Because you know the whole world's going to be watching this video. Okay. <laughs> we gave up 40
3: minutes of our time
0: I, if, I'm happy to just say, too, th- I, I think that, that there's a, we're, we're genuine in many ways the way I see it. You know, it's it, our job is not to sell. It's it's to advise, to, to observe, to listen, mm-hmm. um, and to add. You know, so... I think we we'll
2: provide great value. Yeah. Yeah. I do agree. I think I approach with every transaction like if I'm buying a house for my own family. That's I, same I really same. look for every, like you all said before, for all the problems that potentially could be problems for the buyer down the road. And I point these things because it's important. It's important. And that's how I approach it. And that's what people appreciate and value. Yeah.
3: I, we use the tagline, we represent people, not properties. And mm. that's what we do. And I, I tell my agents, the day your commission becomes more important to you than your client, go work for someone else. Mm. Because we're not working for, I mean, we certainly don't want to work for free, but we're not working for um, a commission. We're working, as you said, it's a relationship. Okay. And if we do our jobs well, the reward will come back tenfold. So Absolutely. thats mm. you just got to remember what we're doing and why we're doing it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, Andy, I'm going to give you the last word because uh, that, that, that sums it up. But uh, guys, thank you so much for joining me. It has been really a pleasure. Um, it's Gia Elica, Andy DeFelice, uh, Nicolina Lecic, Dave Twombly, Ben Clark. He didn't show up, so I guess we'll catch him on the next time. But uh, thank you everyone for joining me on Listen Up Home Buyers, the video and podcast. This was episode two. Have a great day. Thanks, Victoria. Hi, guys. Bye, everybody. You've
0: been listening to Listen Up Homebuyers, the only podcast offering home buying advice and tips from true buyer agents.